What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Each episode on here will feature leaders in the digital space to help entrepreneurs grow their knowledge and understanding of the Amazon and e-commerce world. Let's get started. What is up, everyone? Ryan Kramer with Ping Pong Payments here. I'm your host for this show, Crossover Commerce. Thanks for joining me on this lovely, gloomy, gloomy Monday where I'm at. Actually, uh, we have an action-packed week uh, going into just so many different topics that we're going to cover this week. I'm going to release those slowly as we uh, continue to go throughout the show. But obviously, uh, I am very excited by my guest today. He has his own show, uh, Lunch with Norm, that goes every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. He's constantly on all these different talks in the e-commerce and Amazon space. We are lucky enough just to have him uh, to kind of give us some little tidbits of knowledge on influencers and uh, brand ambassadors. Um, his name is Norm Farr. I'm going to go ahead and bring Norm in right now. Norm, thanks for joining us on Crossover Commerce today. Hey, my pleasure. <laughs> You're a busy guy, so uh, totally lucky to have you. I know there's just so much going on this time of year. Uh, what what are you? What's kind of going on with you? <laughs> Let's start there. Oh man. Uh, well, just coming out of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, kind of surprised, you know, what I saw there. I, I didn't see a spike in sales. I just thought it was an unusual event. It okay. was a little bit of a bump. And, you know, we're just, uh, just you know, trying to figure out, you know, what we can do, um, which is, and this is what's driving me crazy right now, is driving tons of external traffic. So how can we do that? How can we get more traffic over to our Amazon listings or to our e-commerce sites? Absolutely. And for those of you who don't know, obviously you you have just a slew of uh, all these things that you do in the Amazon e-commerce space. Maybe maybe let's dive into that background to kind of show who you are and what leads you to where you are today. Sure. So do you want me just to give a bit of background information? Yeah, so let's just, let's go. Boring. Maybe maybe per <laughs> hey, we uh, we like to know the personal side of what makes people tick and that kind of gives us insight to the the professional side. So uh, yeah, why don't you take it away? What, what makes norm norm basically? Okay. So uh, anyways, uh, one of the, I, I guess going back, back into the eighties, uh, early nineties, um, I had a promotions company and the com promotions company allowed me to um, figure out perception, you know, perceived value, which uh, you know, I've, I've always kept, you know, right up to this day, I think it's so important. Um, during that time period, I had a, a company reach out, a Fortune 5 reach out and ask me if I could put together a website for them, which I did, which led me into a lot of other Fortune 500 companies wondering, you know, if you did it for them, could you do it for us? Because nobody was doing it back then. Um, after that, I got into uh, online print on demand. So if people needed logos or if they needed um, just envelopes and, and, and letterhead. Um, we created a outsourcing business to India um, to get all that done. So we were one of probably, man, back then, probably five companies that may have done that. Um, after that happened, I got into, uh, this is my family business. So my family's always been involved with manufacturing. My dad saw what I was doing over in um, in uh, India, wanted to know if I want, and oh, we were also sourcing a ton in China at the time. So he thought, well, maybe he could get out of what he was doing and start outsourcing in China. So we eventually opened up um, two factories in Taiwan. Uh, it was all contract manufacturer base, which led to specialty manufacturing, 
which led to warehousing, which led to, you know, basically Amazon. And Amazon is uh, is the perfect storm. So all of that kind of came together. Um, then within Amazon, which was kind of nice, um, I kind of created a vertical integrated company. So sourcing and logistics in one company, Amazon managed brands and coaching in another company, uh, content marketing and um, like uh, earned media, like public relations, PR content. And then in the final count company, it's uh, more chat and social related. So that's it. <laughs> that, that's a lot to kind of dive into. So, uh, so you're, you're a seller still, correct? You're still actively oh, yeah. selling on your own listings. You're consulting with people. You're speaking on all these different topics. What, what's kind of the thing that that's getting you up in the morning to kind of try all these different things and keeps you motivated and maybe focus on all these tasks and juggle them, you know, efficiently, I should say. Well, some people like jumping out of airplanes. I like, <laughs> uh, I like this. So, uh, if finding new, interesting, uh, uh, especially if, if it's almost like building a brand, but if you can find um, an Amazon and you can find things that kind of fit into the puzzle and grow with it, that makes sense. Um, that's interesting. Like, and again, I guess we're going to be talking about it today, but you know, what's getting me up? I'm really looking at earned media. No Amazon sellers are touching that. And uh, this influencer and brand builder group, again, nobody's doing it. They were, uh, even when I started in Amazon, um, we went to paid influencers, like platforms, because it was very easy. It's like going to Alibaba. It's really right. easy, but where do you get the best results? And, you know, sourcing agent in one case, and then finding um, uh, independent influencers, brand ambassadors in this case. Absolutely. And and for everyone who is listening to this for the first time or have questions for Norm, obviously make sure you go ahead and comment in the, the comment section below. If you're catching this uh, not live, definitely answer those in the questions. We'll make sure we tag Norm uh, specifically and make sure you find out ways to contact him, his team, all of his people. Norm has a, a fleet of people that are working for him. So we're going to make sure someone answers those questions, but definitely ask those questions. We'll throw them up and answer those live, just like he does on his show. Um, but this is specifically we're talking about today, influencers and brand ambassadors. So I guess, I guess when I approach you about a, a topic and, and kind of you guys, we're, we're really kind of people aren't really sure what a brand ambassador or a micro influencer, they, they both have different meanings. I know that personally by, by working with them, but maybe you can kind of go through the, the specifics um, sure. each of them and kind of like educate people on that. Yeah. So people, a lot of people don't understand uh, the different types of influencers or the relationship that an influencer or brand ambassador has on an influencer. So we can start off at the bottom. Uh, the bottom is the nano influencers, which are around a thousand to 10,000 followers. Uh, and it depends on the platform, by the way. So on YouTube, you know, that could be defined as 5,000 and under. Um, Instagram would be a uh, thousand to ten thousand. TikTok could be five thousand to fifty thousand. But let's just stick with Instagram. So you've got the nano influencers, and these are people that you can go out to, um, you can trust. Uh, these are friends that have friends and family, and the people that are following them most likely want to really follow them. 
and they're also much more approach and, uh, approachable than you know the celebrity that you're trying to get do something for you. The the next level is a, a micro influencer, and they go all the way up to about a hundred thousand uh, uh, people followers. Now that would be those would be the two tiers that I would be looking at nano and micro. Um, if you start looking at mid tier, which is a hundred thousand to five hundred macro, uh, half a million to two point five mega influencers, two point five uh, to five million, and then celebrity. Uh, tier one celebrities like they're uh, 5 million plus. Well, there's a few things that happen. First of all, your ability to reach out to uh, a, a mid-tier macro, mega, or celebrity are tough. It's more price-driven. So no celebrity, for the most part, is interested in your product unless they get paid. Uh, the amount of engagement is less. Professionalism could go up, but um, authenticity and accessibility uh, go down. So again, I always like those last two tiers because you can approach them. They're very, sometimes it's incredibly easy to approach and say, you know, basically, hey, can you, here's my brand, try it. Um, most of the time when you approach an influencer, you've got to do it step by step by step. You're following them, commenting, getting a bit more engagement and then um, introduce yourself or your product to them. And then they'll, they'll, you know, they'll write back whether they like it or not. Um, with the other two, you'll probably get instant response. Now, the difference between an influencer and a brand ambassador, a brand ambassador is an influencer in one of those categories. For us, it's usually nano. And these are people that typically do things for free or at a slight discount because they love your product. They they might even approach you, hey, I love your product. I, I just did this the other day. Um, I reached out to a brand. Um, they have no idea who I am. Uh, I just wanted to, to help push the brand. I'm doing it absolutely for free. And uh, again, when I approached them, it wasn't because I bought the product and their perceived value, their whole customer experience, I just went, oh, wow, this is really nice. So I started out as a customer. I'm going to go into an influencer. I kind of skipped that, you know, but I went right to brand. I will be going into brand ambassador for this company. And um, that's what happens. It's really great when you get a brand ambassador that will be able to go out there. Um, typically, the brand could say, oh, I need an image showing this. Okay. The brand ambassadors go out there, send you back a bunch of images. Like, uh, like to give you an example, um, I work with Paul Barron. Uh, he's one of my partners in one of the right. companies. He's got a brand. He's He has no problem sharing the brand. But within his brand, um, he, within the last three months, got 2,000 uh, images from his brand ambassadors and influencers showing specifically um, benefits of his product. The other thing he was able to do uh, one weekend, this was amazing, that he said he needed to get um, uh, videos for uh, uh, Amazon Live, and he got 30 videos, like crazy stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, is, is that it just, it, for a lot of these kinds of companies, they don't know where to start, I guess, for this kind of process, you, you're kind of introducing it a couple different ways by just becoming A, first a customer, and then B, 
kind of reach out on behalf and say, Hey, like, Hey, I love this product sending their kind of content. Is that kind of how you teach people to say that's how you should engage with these kinds of micro influencers and brand ambassadors? Is that, is that step-by-step what you're kind of going through as well? Well, there's, there's all sorts of different ways. So you're easiest, just, you know, like nine out of 10 courses will talk about sourcing, go to Alibaba. That's the same thing here. I can tell you, you know, there are paid platforms that you can go to. Um, good platforms like Thomason. Uh, Thomason is an influencer platform in Telefluence, Upfluence. Um, uh, a bit more higher end would be uh, Buzzsumo. So you can find anything on Buzzsumo or any of these other ones. Um, and it'll show you, like if you go into Thomason, it'll show you um, their Twitter followers, Instagram, you name it. And you have to do your invest your own investigating because there are um, a lot of fakes out there. Uh, best way, and I'll talk about this um, just so I don't forget, I'm an old guy. Uh, <laughs> but the, the fakes, uh, you want to make sure that the engagement looks real. If they're one word or very generic, if there's not a lot of engagement, a lot of followers, no engagement, uh, you'll find out that uh, probably a lot of bots. Uh, what you're looking is that, you know, have good, high quality engagement. So people are actually chatting up and um, not just growing their followers auto, um, uh, artificially so they can charge more. So um, that's one thing. So you can do that when you're going into any of these paid platforms, you can, you know, just check and see what and how people are, how they're engaging. The other way is you can go to, you know, companies like Harrow, help a reporter out, or um, if you have money, if you're selling a lot and you want to get into it, um, I subscribe to Cision's database. It's the biggest in the world, but it's also the most expensive. We have it because we have a press release company. Right. Um, most sellers don't need this. They can go to an outside agency to get it. But if you want, it's between five and 10 grand a year, and it's the largest database of its kind. Uh, other ways of doing it. How about free? Just checking it out on Google, just typing in. Um, I, I use an example of uh, uh, pets. So you can go pet influencer, pet blogger. You can drill down a little bit and go dog blogger, influencer, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And then you can drill down even further to um, Chihuahua, you know, dog uh, uh, influencer or blogger. Or, you know, bully stick, same thing. That's one way. That's the easiest way. Uh, the other way of doing it is going on to uh, Instagram or Facebook. I'll show you an Instagram stream that really works because there's a whole bunch of, oh, I should go back to, um, if you want to check out a really cool way to find influencers free of charge, use this um, string on Instagram or sorry, on, on uh, Google. Find a really incredible blog article. So go dog blog article. Um, and you'll see a really great one. Copy that URL. Then just type the word um, related colon and put that URL in front of it. And you'll see that that search string will, will bring in a ton of other blog articles about whatever you, it, whatever is related to it. That's a really simple way. But for Instagram, uh, Dan Fernandez over at Thomason taught me this years ago. And it is the best trick. I still use this to this day. You type in into Google site colon uh, Instagram.com with a space. 
then let's say it's bully sticks, bully sticks space advertising. So what you're telling Instagram or the search string is that you want to find somebody with bully sticks that wants advertising or that is advertising. Then you put in quotations, Instagram photos and videos, uh, which says that they'll provide photos and videos and then space with the minus sign or hashtag minus explore. And that gets rid of all the crap. You would be amazed, like do it, just check it out. And all of a sudden you've got all these influencers that are there that you can reach out to. So it, that's the, the cheapest and easiest way to find influencers. So, so when you, when you do kind of projects like this, what's, what should be a seller's focus when they're going to be reaching out to these people? Or, or I guess maybe we have backup further. At what point should they start engaging with brand ambassadors and, uh, and influencers, influencers to start engaging with? Well, I think the very first thing, uh, the most important thing you hear this all the time, but your listing has to be optimized. If you're, when you send the person the product or if they buy the product, uh, let's say the product that I bought, if it sucked, I would never have reached out. Right. And that's the same thing. Like if, if you're going to reach out to them and they're going to be given one of your products, if the unveiling or the, you know, customer experience isn't there, if it's like every other product and they don't want to get behind it, or if, your personality is different than the influencer, then I would pass. So that's um, that's probably the most important thing. So listing up, uh, it's got to have the proper packaging. It's got to have the proper everything. Um, I think to get the best results, you might get you might get people that want product for free, but for people to get behind it, well, they've got to have that feel good. And if they don't have that feel good. Why are they doing it? You know, why are they buying it from you when they could be doing something that they really like and getting it for free? Right. So what, what's kind of maybe, can you share maybe a story of like a, a good example of, hey, I enter, or they interacted with me and they become one of my best influencers or brand ambassadors for your own personal products, maybe vice versa of there, there was an engagement that you had with somebody and just it turned you off completely from working with maybe either a big time tier one uh, influencer or, you know, you, you just decided that this is not worth pursuing a partnership over. I can tell you one that just happened with Paul, big time influencer. So this happened, it didn't just happen. It happened about a year ago where um, just looking at a YouTube influencer, a, a very large influ uh, influencer, um, he reached out, he got them to take a look at his product. When they did the overall product, uh, the, the video, the video skimmed over his product like it was on a pan and it just panned past his product. Like he saw it for a split second. He could probably attribute maybe 15 sales and it cost him thousands and thousands of dollars. So right. I don't look at like if I have to pay that kind of dollars um, and, and I get 15 sales, forget it. Um, I would much rather, you know, spend that money on nano influencers. Now I do. I got you this wild story that is kind of the opposite of what I just said. I'm going to just right. be hypocritical. Um, so I did have this product. It was shampoo. 
Um, a big celebrity, their aide uh, assistant, picked it up, and all of a sudden, uh, the celebrity tried it. And the celebrity posts, this is the best shampoo I've ever tried. <laughs> you would think that would be good. Right. Uh, it got my listing suspended for six months, no reviews for three months. And then after that, the first review was a one star. So, so yeah, walk, walk me through that. Why, how did, how did that kind of come to fruition? That well, seems completely opposite of what I would expect. Exactly. Amazon's algorithm is a whole other story. And this is my love hate with Amazon, but uh, because this uh, influencer actually like, I love this product, right? And not an influencer celebrity said that, uh, well, uh, we sold out. And that was a problem in itself because we weren't expecting to sell that amount of product uh, right. within a week or two. So that put about a three month crunch on, uh, on us because we had to order some new product and it actually came from China. So uh, we, were, we, were, we were down, however, the listing while we were selling out got suspended because the review to sales ratio was out. Gotcha. People saw that this guy loved it and all of a sudden we got tons of reviews, tons of five-star reviews. Amazon's algorithm didn't like it and it shut us right. down. And then right. they're liking it because the, the influencer told them, hey, this is awesome. So people followed, they're like, yeah, sure, yeah. whatever. They didn't actually buy that product. Yeah. That makes sense. Now, on the other side of it, um, I know with my products, this is one of my brands, uh, a lot of the times I love it because it starts out as a customer. Now, I don't go and seek, but they love it because they like the packaging, they like the unveiling, they love the smell. Um, so, this one person just said, Hey, I like this product so much. I want to give this out to my employees every, uh, what was it? Every quarter or every, whatever it was. So, okay, sure. He bought it and then he started promoting it. So he promoted it to his friends. He promoted it and he, he didn't have a huge Instagram following. Um, but he did have some very influential friends who ended up buying the product and, you know, it, it just went from um, single purchases to multi-purchases to subscription purchases, which really helped the, the brand grow. And this guy, I mean, he you he loved the product. I, and this is full purchase price. So you're not trying to, oh, I need, you know, 10% off or 15 or 50. So those are the types of influencers that you love. If you can go from... And I, I think a lot of people are going to disagree, but if you can go from customer and then bring in the customer to be influencer, then bring in the influencer to bring to actually be that brand ambassador, that's the best way to go. 100%. So at what point do you feel like it's a good amount of micro influencers for your brand or brand ambassadors? What's a good? Oh, it's. I, 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 I guess I guess it's like it depends on who you are, right? Yeah, because a lot of the influencers or uh, let's say brand ambassadors, they love your product. And let's say you get 30 or 50 or 100. There's so much you can do with that. And once you get to a point where you're doing a brand ambassador, it's a different relationship. So an influencer will go and and usually you pay them. Um, right. 
Now, if they love your product, a lot of the times they'll just buy it. But when you go into a brand ambassador uh, relationship, usually you're entering into an agreement. They're agreeing to buy your product and provide you with images or video or whatever you want and possibly content. So the videos and the images are usually free. Um, we, and this is um, like Paul really felt that anytime you get somebody to sit down and write something for you, you can't do that for free. So that's the one side of the brand ambassador that gets paid. Right. And a lot of people who may not know that when they, when they come and they're pricing themselves, like, where do they come from? Where does this pricing structure come from? A lot of the times where at least what I've experienced is they're basing it based on their audience, like their, their potential reach. Correct. Is that what you're seeing for Amazon yeah. sellers? Okay. Yeah, and well, most of the time, most of the time, if you're going into the nano influencers, there's really no cost. It's they like the product. Right. Uh, when you get into the uh, micro influencers, yeah, you, you know, but they're still not expensive. Uh, it's when you get to the next tier and up, you know, the prices go up based on the engagement or based on the following, um, based on the niche, based on the how specialized the niche is. Yeah, there's all sorts of things that could come into play, but the what I love about um, influencers or nano influencers, if you do it right, it's a very inexpensive way just to get perpetual inf information or um, uh, 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 in not information, but uh, product images and, and videos as well as uh, content. So you can take a look at some of the uh, the articles that have been written, and you'll see that Amazon's number one, the uh, like a retail outlet or a um, like a Chewy would be out there. Then the website, and then you've got all this content that's written by influencers. It's I mean you can really take up a good chunk of um, page one and possibly page two. I uh, I've got a slide that I did for press releases, which is kind of the same thing because it's authority and then you've got authority equals trust. But where two full pages of Google uh, were my product except for two listings. That's a lot when somebody goes over yeah. to you know Google and say, oh, and it's all either people that have been writing about me, my press releases or my images. Right, do you find it that it's easier for conversion wise, or you see higher conversion rates when it comes from a third party source, like a influencer or a brand ambassador. Uh, because what I tell my team over here is, Hey, you can, you can pump out all this content as much as you want. Uh, but if it's coming from the mouth of the person of the product or service that you're selling, people are going to be skeptical and they're going to go into Google or go to YouTube and say, Hey, uh, for example, ping pong or PR reach review or PR reach versus competitor X, Y, Z. Uh, do you feel like, that's what you are seeing as a seller and across on the PR side as well. It's well, just like more third party is more trusted, I should say. Yeah, there's got to be as whatever you can do to either increase your authority or to have you look like the authority and to get people to trust. You'll never get a sale without the trust. You'll never get a sale with just authority. So authority has to equal or match trust, and then you can get those sales. Uh, you can, and some of the, 
I'm going to go back to Thomason because they have this, uh, they have five modules. One of the most, uh, one of their best modules is underrated. It's called um, social uh, distribution, where you can take a post that maybe uh, one of your brand ambassadors shot. It could be just an image. You can create that image or take that image and put it over to and build a campaign around it and then go write it, meaning your words, then find 10, 20, 30 different influencers and ask them to post it on their network as if they wrote it. And so now you're getting all these great influencers posting the product in your words and you're getting all the, the props for it. I mean, it's really great. Like the perfect right. spin. Absolutely. And I know you as an agency, you're talking more like, hey, almost like third party. Um, I, I think the trending thing, and when I talked to Shane over at PRH as well, a few weeks ago as well, um, even as recent as last week, we were talking about editorial content and how that's really driving uh, sales and how that's growing oh, yeah. coming from a PR perspective. Can you kind of maybe dip into like that as a brand ambassador? It's almost like a brand ambassador, but it's really in the PR vein, if you will, of, of why that's super important for Amazon sellers, maybe coming into 2021 even. Well, this is, it's so important. Uh, I wouldn't say for small sellers, but if you're a medium to large seller, you know, how can you change the game? And there's a few different ways. Um, and one, it goes back to the authority and trust, but we talk about earned media. And earned media is, you know, either getting onto a TV show or getting into magazines and having the, your brand be kicked around or somebody's talking about it. Um, that's important. That'll give you instant trust if the Today Show or Rachel Ray is using a product and she says, wow, this is fantastic. Um, or really high quality review sites. Well, that's the same thing when you're looking at, and uh, some people haven't seen this, but on Amazon, they have these editorial recommendations. All, all it has to say is Amazon's editorial recommendations. It's instant authority, instant trust. So if you've got a yoga mat and some yoga and gym fitness magazine um, says that it's a great product, I know this for a fact, your sales will go up 10 to 30% on Amazon just for having the editorial recommendation. It's crazy. Yeah. So, so where, where, where is that coming from? Do you think it's just because people are looking just for trusted reviews, like the best of this? Because for me personally, when I search for, like, like you said, the best yoga mat or yoga mat for this, and they're like, I think what Amazon does is like top reviewed or like second and then it says like best value and then it sticks around three or four different products yeah is that really that big of a an increase in sales in that section yeah you will see if you get a like in those uh in that carousel if you get into that carousel you will see yeah matter of fact it's made where you have to see it because if you don't convert they kick you out wow the, the listing itself, they kick you out of that. Yeah, so you, you have to convert because the magazine wants you to convert. And if if you're not converting, they'll replace you with another topic. Right. And you can't pay to get in there, can you? Or is that something where well, that's just where people, well, 
Did I tell of. you to tell me that? <laughs> no, I did. See, this is the natural banter I have back and forth with people. People don't understand. That's that's where we come from. Is I just have natural questions for people. And okay, it kind of goes in, It goes into that. <laughs> so yeah, uh, at the at PRH, because we do earned media and public relations, um, you we have those relationships with those companies. So we can the way that we do it is we create um, or we do an introduction basically to a magazine. Um, they'll write the listing, or not the listing, but the article. If Amazon picks it up, um, then you pay. Other than that, it's free. So if, if the listing doesn't get picked up, they don't like it, if it's about whatever, um, then uh, you know you, you have nothing to lose. So it's really kind of cool because if uh, there's no risk. But if you get into Amazon, then you can get 10 to 30% more sales. That's what's showing right now. But uh, anyways... That's a, a whole different topic. Like earned right. media, let's keep <laughs> earned earned media um, is incredible. So, yeah. and that, by earned media, I'm talking public relations. And for large or medium sellers that have not explored earned media, you are missing out big time. Right, and, I, and I, that's that's a trend that I've been talking, especially with Shane. I actually was talking to him on Friday just about just the power of earned media, mm. and what that's going to do for people here coming. I, I think here in the near future, if not already, uh, people are going to really see that value. Um, I'm going to backtrack a little bit to obviously our topic today of like influencers and brand ambassadors. So when you're working on a project, obviously, uh, like Paul, who's a, I call him a friend of the show, he appeared and did a really cool uh, chat marketing university tutorial for us. Uh, he has a specific vision or a project that he's working with these influ influencers with. When you come to who earn who who owns that content, right? It's his idea. He goes to them and says, hey, let's do this. I'll give you X, Y, Z, whether it's payment or shout out or whatever. Who owns that kind of content? Or or maybe it's it's a, it's a combination of both. Well, um, I know for us, one of the things that we'll do is we have, uh, with brand ambassadors, um, there's an agreement. So we own it. So they it's co-ownered. And so, you know, we, right. we both own the copyright and we can publish it wherever we want. We can use it for promotion. Um, and you should have like a one or two paragraph. You can find it online, but just uh, make sure that the copyright is either transferred over to you or you have the understanding that you can promote it um, the way that you want. And I recently, it was, man, it was been a, about a year, but uh we did have a problem with that with one of our clients who spent um, a pretty good chunk on an influencer. They did a really great video um, on the chef products. It looked fantastic. And the guy was really nice. Then my client uploaded it to Amazon and this guy went ballistic. A really ballistic and then he ended up taking down the video he was like the soup nazi you know and he, right. he, he just went crazy so anyways um that was because my client went about doing it wrong he if he would have asked up front to do this the guy probably would have went okay but because he found it on amazon i don't know how he did it maybe he was just looking at the listing he went absolutely ballistic and he could have sued my client. So, 
so when people are doing that stuff, you're saying to protect themselves up front, just have the understanding of, hey, this is the project, it's going to be transferred to us, or we have the right to use it however we wish. Make sure yeah. that understanding is in is in writing. What what's that? Yeah, it's of- just a you know, a couple of lines stating that um, what the project is, uh, who owns it, and what rights do you have, what publication rights do you have? Very cool. So when um so the so we're talking mainly Amazon right now in terms of how that's going to grow your brand. When you're on the flip side and say, let's say, for example, you have a Shopify store, are you selling on other marketplaces? Are you seeing the same effects that influencers and, um, you know, brand ambassadors are the same for Amazon uh, listings? Yeah, it's exactly the same. So whether you're selling a product or uh, a service, you can find ambassadors. So with Honu, for example, uh, we're trying to find brand ambassadors that have you know tried the tried our service, like our service, and are willing to promote the service. Uh, so that's you know think of a lawyer, or a cosmetician, or you can go down that route. But if you have, let's say, you're selling on um, on Shopify or Big Commerce, yeah, definitely you can you can use it exactly the same. People, you know, just building up the uh, the content. It's it's just ongoing user generated content that shows people that they can trust. And, and by the way, when you're doing the user generated content, just think of all the repurposing that you can do, not only on your website, not only on social media. Want to go back to Amazon? Think of what two thousand. So this is Paul. Two thousand images will do for Amazon posts this month. Absolutely. You know, now yeah. you're now you're on your competitors listings. This is going back to Amazon. Now you've got all this engagement uh, and there's so many things that you can do when you're talking about influencers. So let's talk about um, uh, kitchen products. Well, one of the things that we did is we went out to um, a college, a culinary college and provided all these kitchen utensils to them on one condition that they take pictures on graduation. We sent out a ton to chefs on one condition that they provide a recipe or a video of the recipe that they were making. And these are things that don't have to be difficult as long as you're willing to pretty much give up your product, don't make them charge for it. Think of what you can do. you know, now you've got really engaging information. Somebody standing there, you know, with a kitchen utensil in their hand is nothing. I mean, it's it's okay. It shows social social proof. A chef saying how much they love the product or using the product or giving away these recipes goes a long way in Amazon for conversion, but also just think what that does over in social media. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's one thing that um, people just don't understand the legs that it can have when you work with influencers, both in a good way and a bad way. A lot of people think just reviews, and that's great. There is reviews in one capacity is is fantastic. You want to say like or a tutorial, if you will. But when they're using it constantly, or for example, anytime I lift up a cup and that cup has that brand or image or logo on it, whether it's on a podcast or whether it's you know, in a video or a picture that has legs and you can use it on social media or you can use it on video tutorials in another capacity. You're right. It has, it's an endless amount of uh, applications, I should say. Um, we have, we had one question that came in. 
uh, from someone on Facebook. Do you think from Brennan, do you think that it's ironic the answer to capitalism is pay to play or rewarded by playing smart? Does that, does that make sense to you? Or do you think it's, yeah, it's you more of a... really don't have to pay to play. I mean, you can, but if you put in enough research into your product and you give people the consumer, um, if you, if you outperform what they're expecting over deliver, you'd be surprised at how many people want to see that because so people, so many people are underwhelmed when they get their product, you're, you're thinking about, like, Apple does an incredible job about this. And everybody talks about Apple, but they really do a great job with the whole 10 second anticipation. It's made, the box is made for 10 seconds to pull it out. Um, same thing here. If you can do a product that over delivers, man, you can get, if you see a repeat buyer, I would hit them up and, and say, oh, would you, could you, you know, would you like to maybe forget the whole influencer thing, send them um, a page about being, becoming a brand ambassador and you're not paying them. You know, you're, you're paying, they're basically paying you. They're buying your product so they can promote your product. Right. And, and what, what's, what do you think is the best way to do that? You just, is there like an outline that you tell your brand ambassadors that you're sharing with them constantly? Like, Hey, this is our expectations. You know, we'll continue to feature your content in exchange for this. Is there a program that you align or is it just kind of a case by case basis? It, it is case by case, but this is where personality comes in because you might get uh, somebody who doesn't reflect, uh, uh, you know, whatever the brand is. It's got to meet your brand. It's got to be on target with your brand. And you know, if somebody's got one view and you're completely 180 on the other side, then, and if the person's only in it for money, um, then there's a problem. Brand ambassadors will go above and beyond to promote your product. They'll promote it on their network. They'll do things in an instant, basically, uh, to help you out as long as it's a win-win. And that's why, like, if they're doing user or if they're doing written content, you got to pay. You know, that's a whole different story. But um, yeah, that's what I would do is just make sure that uh, if if you manage the expectations of your influencers or brand ambassadors and you don't hide anything and they're not expecting they could be getting paid $100, then you're good. Um, if there's any expectations there that are missed and all of a sudden, oh, I thought I was getting paid. Oh, you know, you're not. Now you've got conflict. Right. I I personally have, we've ran into issues where there has been searching for money. I, and this is just a business. It doesn't have to be an Amazon seller perspective. This is for brands in general. Uh, when you have people who are, have those expectations and it's an assumptive process when that's not the case for them, you know, you can get pretty ugly pretty quickly, especially with social media as weaponizing as it can be. Yeah. Um, if they have a following and they rile people up or they just remove all of your posts, all your content that they've worked hard for that. That's something that's super damaging to a brand. Um, I, I guess on the flip side of that, when you work with like maybe those little bit higher influencers, do you have to look at who you align yourself with on a brand perspective because of the identity of that influencer? Absolutely. And that's why when you check them out, 
um, you know, either on a paid platform or you go and do your own research, you want to make sure that you align or they align with what your belief is. So if your brand is a certain way, say you're a dog lover and the you're you're looking at certain oh let's oh, I got a even a better one. So you're a dog lover, um, but you promote larger dogs. Okay, you've got a big thick dog collar or jumbo bully sticks. You don't do mini bully sticks, but the brand person has poodles. Well, that's not gonna match because these jumbo bully sticks will never work with these poodles. And the content that you want isn't poodle based, it's you know, great dane based. So those are things, I mean, it sounds kind of subtle, but you will find those niches. Like um, my old business partner, um, Wilfred Lightheart, uh, he's, in a, he's an engagement guru. Um, and he had pet categories, dog categories. Uh, then he got into breeds. And for schnauzers, I didn't even know that there's this many schnauzers in the world. But we had 175,000 people in the Schnauzer group. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that, I mean, yeah. I should think have asked that. that question. She would know. <laughs> Just, I mean, think of it though. If you could go in and if you had Schnauzers and what you could market to a Schnauzer own, owner and think of the funnel, just think of the funnel that you could do for this. Like you could start off very low, you know, maybe a charm. Then you can go up a little further than, I mean, you could just target these people all the way up to, you know, making blankets for them, you know, with their dog's name on it or something like that. There's so much you can do once you narrow in to a specific niche. Do you, uh, do you crowdsource product ideas from your, uh, from your influencers or your brand ambassadors? Do I crowdsource from? Them? I would say like, Hey, what's a product that we might be missing that we don't offer. And then That's they, they kind of great point. So now you've got a really great focus group, depending on how many, people or custom, even your customers. But um, if you can, if you can get those lists and you can use them and you can create a community. So for us, you know, we'll create a Facebook community where we're answer we're not putting in a ton of promotions. We're putting in a lot of content. People love it. And then you could say, Hey, what do you think about this? Does this look better in green or blue? And I'm sure you've seen stuff like that where people will just say that in the um, you know, in the Amazon space, hey, what do you think about this? It's you, it's it's your own PicFu or usability hub. So like PicFu, I think is an awesome product. You, you've got eight slots that you can go and ask anything you want. Um, but when you have your focus group too, you can get it even more finely tuned in. So right. yeah, it's a it's a great little focus group. Yeah, what's what's kind of maybe with all these micro influencers and social media, I think like the one thing a lot of people think about right now is TikTok. Um, when, when I'm thinking about social media and influencers in the the spaces that they live on, obviously earned media is one thing. Influencers and brand ambassadors are on the typical Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube. Um, what, what about TikTok has you either excited or maybe like shies you away from how to capitalize on the that kind of audience, if you will? Okay, so uh, I had somebody on our podcast. Her name's Mayan, M-A-Y-A-A-N, Gordon. She, yeah, I know Mayan. She is, she is the person to talk about this stuff. Sure. But uh, what she told us 
Um, and this is incredible that you can have 100,000, 200,000, 500,000 followers on TikTok and still not charge that much. The, the whole Instagram, Facebook, uh, pay to play hasn't come over there yet. So you can have a person that has an incredible following yet over on Instagram, you would have to pay an arm and a leg to get this person to do it on TikTok, nothing. So if you can start to, to recruit people from TikTok, that's great. And on top of that, um, I was on a call earlier today, another Ryan. <laughs> and no, resemb no resemblance of me, but it's a common name. And <laughs> so the Amazon e-commerce world, exactly. <laughs> how he was monetizing on TikTok now. Okay. How is he doing influencers. that? Influencers. Yeah. Just, just they were using his product, right? So it was an accident. Like he really didn't expect it to happen the way it did, but it happened. And like I can tell you is that, um, you know, now people get the word out there that you can make money on Instagram, but it's, it hasn't carried over to TikTok yet. Interesting. And, and, and obviously there, there's so many different facets of play of, will it even be available here in the United States? It will it not. Um, it, I, I think the world is just kind of at a wait and see concept, but I thought there was a lot of people are like, how do you monetize TikTok with, I think what 15 seconds is, is what they're kind of pushing around that 30 seconds time frame. How do you monetize something along that? But it's usability, right? I think that's what a lot of people are trying to see is no logo name hashtags and then following those is that is that what you're seeing as yeah. well mm -hmm. okay very cool so what um so again anywhere everyone who's joining again either live on facebook uh instagram not even we're not on instagram facebook youtube uh twitter um thanks for joining again this is crossover commerce i'm ryan kramer the host of this show we have norm far of pr reach plus a billion other companies that you're running uh, and brands, uh, which we'll, we'll make sure we mention here at the end. Uh, you have so much going on right now. And I know like I, I kind of get different insights from different people on what 2020 has meant to them and what really has like fine tuned either their business to grow forward. Um, it's not what a lot of people predicted. Obviously I was watching last week, um, all these projection videos and like, what do you think 2020 is going to bring? And, you know, they, they make something up and it's completely out of left field. Um, do you give yourself or your team or your followers any sort of projections or trends that you follow that you think 2020 will have in store for people? Uh, 2020 or 2020? Or 2021, excuse I'm already still stuck in that, that this ugly year, but like 2021, what, what's kind of that next step moving forward if you, if you do those kinds of things? You know, because it's so unpredictable, uh, you know, it's a what if, because I just heard that, okay, air tra travel in Canada might be another six months out. So part of my play, I love networking. That's what I do. I, I, that's, you know, go to events, talk to people, get to know people. Um, and that's how I build my business. Um, I haven't been able to do that. So in this case, all right. So for trends for us is how do we continue to grow our e-com services, build our team. And this is, uh, for us, it's establishing a homegrown team. So that's a lot different. Uh, most people are, oh, I'm going to go and 
you know, go overseas and I'll spend three bucks an hour. Well, we want to find high quality people that we can hire here that might be out of a job, might have been laid off. Are there any government subsidy programs? Let's bring it into the community. We can have real time. Uh, instead of Zoom, we can sit down and talk. That's, um, I like that idea. Uh, e-commerce, uh, it's definitely going to be there. I, I think that we're going to continue to grow in e-commerce. E-commerce services is going to grow. Um, I like trying to diversify. I think that's a big, will be a big trend. I think Amazon is definitely going to be there. It's going to be the big player, but be able to diversify on either Shopify or other platforms. That's another big play. And I know it's taboo for some people to, to say, oh, you know, go and diversify on your own outside of Amazon. That's crazy. I just don't like being a one-legged stool. I agree. Is there a marketplace? Because it, Ping Pong is an international company. We're trying to enable and help people, you know, grow globally as well. Is there a marketplace that you have your eyes set on that you think might be something that a lot of Amazon sellers or Shopify, you know, sellers flock to or really should focus on? I have been hearing. I have been a matter of. You can't, can't say Canada because that's where you're from. Like, that's oh, I, I know. This, <laughs> this one's crazy. I was talking, I'll tell you the marketplace in a second, but how would you like this? I was talking to a guy and he just said, um, you know, he was um, he was selling supplements. And he says, oh, I sell about 10,000. I went, wow, that's pretty good, 10,000 a month. He goes, no, 10,000 a day. So what market? He goes, India. Okay, supplements in India, 10,000 a day. Holy 10,000 units a day. So I don't know about you, but I think that is the fastest growing market right now for Amazon. Absolutely. I'd love to be able, I'm not in there. I'd love to be able to get in. I'm going to talk to Megla and figure out a way that I can get in there. That's um, funny. Megla is coming on the show next week. So I'll I'm going to ask her, her. I'll ask her. I'll ask her for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How does Norm get into India? Dave? Yeah. Norm wants in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But no, I think that's going to be a really great spot. And I, on Megla's behalf, um, I hope to attend that uh, conference that she has because I think that that is a next huge opportunity for Amazon sellers is sourcing in India as an opportunity. I mean, there's complete differences. That's not what this uh, podcast is about. You'll have Meglon, but uh, okay. yeah, there's 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 some really good opportunity over there. I, I'm I'm excited about that. Absolutely, and and that, that's one thing I was going to say too. I think. Uh, I was going to say India, which obviously we have a presence over in India. I think that's where a lot of people are budding just with the people, the the marketplace in general. Like you said, it's a it's a marketplace where there's sellers that can be acted in, activated in. Um, so that's that's great. Um, there's I wouldn't say Japan, I thought was a lot of buzz that a lot of people are selling on Mar marketplaces like Rakuten um, as well. And then Australia is actually surprising me enough where it's it's really being focused on, I think a lot of people just selling in Australia on different marketplaces, but also they're just kind of, I want to say they're behind the eight ball when it comes to like technology or just commerce in general. But I thought those were those kinds of marketplaces that were budding. So when you said yeah. India, I, was, I shook myself. I was like, I agree with you. That's, that <laughs> definitely makes sense. So we're budding up on time. Uh, Norm, what, what's kind of like with the rest of this year, what are you looking for? Um, what do you what do you expect? And so you said you didn't think that there was a big jump in sales or e-commerce. Do you think 
that's just a trend for you? Or do you think that's e-commerce in general that, you know, it's just going to be consistent across the board? Depends on, you know, whatever category you're in. Um, my niche is, uh, you know, it wasn't that, uh, that much. It wasn't affected that much. However, increases over the period of the year have gone up. I think it's going to plateau to more of a day-to-day rather than a one-time spike. And I think that putting uh, Prime Day into fourth quarter right. messed up a lot of people. You either had Prime Day um, spikes or you had Black Friday or Cyber Monday spikes, but uh, not spikes like I've ever seen before. They were, they were my, you know, I might have gone up 100% with one product, somewhere 50%, not like the two or 300 spike percent spikes you would have in the past. Interesting. I mean, th- that's something I would love to kind of get your perception on as we continue to go and, and grow forward. Obviously, I know you're big in networking. You're big on, you know, influencers and micro influencers and getting the word out. Obviously, what's what's kind of the way people can learn more about you, your company, your efforts? People just follow you in general. What's what's kind of uh, the way to do that? Okay. So probably the easiest way. I have a website called uh, normferrar.com. Uh, you can just check that out. That talks about the different podcasts and the source, uh, the services that I offer. Uh, I have a, a lunchtime podcast called Nor- uh, Lunch with Norm, The Rise of the Micro Brands. But another podcast I'm very passionate about is I Know This Guy. And I know this guy has zero to do with any e-com. It is just really cool people that have had incredible stories in their life. They've had tons of failure obstacles and how they overcame it to succeed. So, and if you want to just reach out, uh, it's norm at amz.club. Easy enough. Well, well, Norm, thank you so much for again for joining us today. I know you're super busy. I know, I think you're going to be, also, I was going to give a shout out to you for those who are listening, uh, the 12 Days of Nuggets. That event is starting today. I believe you're one of the speakers who's dropping information on there. Yep. If you this is, I, I told uh, told the team over there I would love to promote that as much as possible on our channels. Go check it out, 12daysofnuggets.com. It's a bunch of Amazon e-commerce uh, sellers and experts who are dropping little nuggets here for you know for a great cause. So definitely check that out. We'll be talking about it on this podcast throughout the week as well. But thank you so much uh, for joining us today. We'd love to have you on. I consider you a friend of the show now that you've been on and uh we appreciate uh, everything you're doing for the Amazon and e-commerce community. Well, you're very welcome. <laughs> I, I, I love your show. I, I continue to watch every single day and um, or every other day, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, because um, you're such a busy guy. But I'm always keeping out looking for different types of knowledge that I can implement into my expertise and knowledge bank. So we appreciate you coming on the show and, and sharing it with us. Hey, it was my pleasure. All right. Thanks, everyone. And again, this is Crossover Commerce. We're live on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. We'll be going live almost every single day this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Join us as we'll have other guests in the e-commerce industry giving us uh, different actionable insights and perspective to help you as Amazon and e-commerce sellers. Thanks a lot, everyone, and we'll join you next time.